Hey, Tony, I got a letter. Well, my client got a letter from his long-term care insurance company. Mm-hmm. And it's so outrageous, I have to read it to you. Okay. It's long, but here's one snippet from it. Tell me what you think. This is a letter from his existing long-term care insurance carrier. Here we go. If you are comfortable with your current level of coverage, pay the increased premium when you received your next bill. If we don't hear you from you by such and such a date, the first phase of this 98.1 rate increase will take effect. Let me repeat that. The first phase of this 98.1% rate increase will take effect. (laughs) What do you think of that? Wow, 98% rate increase. Let's talk about it. This is Dolphin Financial Radio, a show about planning your retirement. When you are young, financial decisions are easy. You aren't worried too much about the future, and you know you have plenty of time on your side. However, as you get older, the financial decisions get more difficult. Eventually, you reach the age where you face decisions about employment, home buying, raising a family, and college planning. Your financial success is often determined by how you handle the many curveballs thrown your way and by how much you are saving for retirement. Before you know it, you are within 10 years, five years, and then one year of retiring. At this point, you'll be facing new and different financial challenges. You'll worry if you have enough money to last through retirement. You'll be concerned about healthcare and longevity. You'll want to make sure your retirement is everything you always dreamed it would be. These are the retirement challenges that we will address each week on this show. Regardless of how far you are from retirement, it's time to listen in as we begin another episode of Dolphin Financial Radio. Hello and welcome to another Dolphin Financial Radio show with me, Dan Wendell, owner of the Dolphin Financial Group. Alongside me today is Tony Shore, and we're going to be talking about a situation that many people are facing with their long-term care insurance policies. In particular, I highlighted one Tony, I read you. What did you think of that? The uh, 98.1% rate increase from my client. <laughs> what well, do you think of that? I know that uh, one time I worked for this company and they brought in the insurance carrier for our health insurance and they said there is going to be a 20% rate increase basically over last year's costs because our group had too many claims. So- mm-hmm. Uh, then I looked up the company on the internet and uh, internet, and they had a $1.2 billion record surplus that year for income. <laughs> so even though our one company may have cost them a little more money that year, I, I wasn't feeling too sorry for them. And I was outraged. And people in that company were outraged by a 20% rate increase because that's a lot. Really, right, right, right. Exactly. In one year, twenty percent. I mean, it, you know, we get worried if inflation uh, increases at a rate of three percent on the costs of goods, but health insurance costs uh, can be outrageous, like ten percent or whatever. But ninety-eight percent. I when you showed that to me, I didn't believe you. I thought this is from the Onion or this is made up. <laughs> this has to be a joke. No, I wish it was. You know, this is something that the long-term care insurance industry has been dealing with for years. In fact, it's still probably going to continue to happen. 
um, because it's just, it's just, it is, let's talk about it. Actually, let's talk about why the, these uh, long-term care insurance costs are skyrocketing. Yeah. And this is, um, this was an industry thing. This was a big company, Genworth. Um, they announced it. We, a few years, but prior to that, John Hancock announced it. And then John Hancock subsequently has pulled out of the market. They don't sell it anymore. Um, a couple of the big name companies just stopped selling this. So let's talk about, first of all, what are we talking about here? Long-term care insurance. Um, a lot of people uh, don't have it, but um, they're thinking about it. And long-term care insurance is designed to pay for a nursing home or assisted living facility or a home health care aid to come and help you if you need that help. So rather than shell money out to go to the nursing home when you're older, you would use this insurance. The insurance would cover it or at least a portion of it. And so people bought these with the expectation that they would cover future expenses. And when they were purchased, the industry got it wrong. The actuaries, the geeks behind the numbers totally got it wrong. I mean, miserably wrong. They didn't expect people to use it and keep it as long as they have. So what happened is they sold these long-term care policies and the clients kept them and they're starting to use them. They're actually going to long-term care facilities and they're using the insurance and they didn't expect that to happen. Right. So well, that, what does that tell you? Right there. Let me stop you right there, Dan. So, <laughs> okay. so the insurance company sells policies counting on people never using them. And then what happened is people actually started using them because all the baby boomers, record numbers of people, 10,000 a day or some crazy thing, are retiring and getting older and needing long-term care, which is outrageously expensive. But these people, some of them bought long-term care insurance to cover all those costs. And then once people started using the policies, the insurance company go, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Uh, we gave you the policy, but we never expected you to use it. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, kind of. Imagine it. Come let's on. talk about something that everyone has, or hopefully, is auto insurance. Imagine oh, sure. an, an auto insurance comes out and, and uh, company and starts selling a bunch of policies, and they sell them cheaper than the rest of the market. Everyone buys it from this company because it's cheaper. And then all of a sudden, there's this there's this panic that. Um, leads to a bunch of car accidents. Something something happens, some weird situation where, um, you know, mu- a much more people are getting in car accidents than they anticipate for whatever reason that There's might a number be. of ice storms and the roads <laughs> ice over and there's way yeah, more accidents right. than we're expecting. Right. Let's say, let's say ice forms on bridges in Florida, right? So that would be a real weird anomaly. And Lord knows we don't know how to drive around here as it is. You throw some ice <laughs> on the roads in Florida, there's going to be a lot of accidents. So all of a yeah. sudden there's a whole bunch of claims and these and the insurance company's like, well, we didn't, normally we only expect one claim a week. Now we're getting one claim a day. We don't have the money for this. The money that everyone's paying is supposed to cover this, but it's we just don't have enough people paying, right? So that's the problem. That's the problem they're facing. And with auto insurance, the actuaries have it down to a science. You know, they know how many accidents people are going to get on average, right? And so, but for long-term care, it was so new, they didn't they didn't really know. They didn't have data. They didn't know how many of these policies people are going to use and so forth, and that's what's happening. Now, to deal with this, so this is what's happening. The, the industry totally messed it up. It's totally their fault, right? They got it wrong. So they can't just raise their pricing. 
okay, you know, we got it wrong. Let's raise the price a few percentages every year. Well, they can, but what they do is they go, they can't just raise that pricing without getting permission from the state insurance commissioners. So what happens is these uh, long-term care companies go to the state insurance commissioner and say, hey, we kind of screwed up here. Um, we need to increase our uh, rates by 4% this year. And the insurance commissioner says, well, tough luck, buddy. And that's what a lot of them have done. They say, you're, not, you're doing fine. I see your balance sheet. You're, you're not in trouble. We need you to be in trouble first before we um, will approve this rate. And so they say, all right. And then they go back the next year. Well, we asked for four last year. We need another four. Can we get like seven this year? And the insurance commissioner says, no, you seem to be perfectly fine. And what happened is Genworth in particular lost a ton of money, billions of dollars. And finally, the insurance commissioner is like, all right, you, you suffered enough. We'll let you raise the rates. And that's what happened. So now they get this 98, literally 98% increase that this guy got. <laughs> He's asking me, what do I do? But this is going to be phased out in over a three-year period. So 2018, 2019, and 2020. So it's not like overnight, but it basically is. Um, so who's paying for it? The insureds are paying for the, for the mistake of the insurance company. Well, sure. Right? It's the insurance company lost some money. It's always boo, the consumers boo. and the insured that pay. Yeah. Right. So rather, but here's what the insurance commissioners are dealing with is, do we let this company go bankrupt because they simply can't afford it? And, and then who's really going to lose out there? You know, all the people that have been paying, or do we let them raise their costs and try and stabilize this thing? And so that's what they choose. So no one wins here. No one. And the real, the real reason, if we want to really say why are these price increases happening, is because they were underpriced to begin with. So not to defend the insurance companies at all, but the people that bought these policies years ago didn't pay. They got a really, really good deal. And, and now they're getting, now they're, they're trying to play catch up. Right. And I would assume that what's going to drive that, the reason that company would either have to stop uh, carrying long-term care or go out of business is that uh, a lot of folks, once they get that 98% increase, might have to just write off and say, well, I can't pay that. So, I'm Right. Gonna- so what do you do? And that's what we'll talk about today. What are the options? And they give you a ton of options, but a lot of people will drop it, right? And they'll say, all yep. right, I'm done, right? Yep. So now all future premiums, all costs that they were going to put into it are no longer there. So right. the insurance company doesn't have that revenue to pay for the people that decide to keep it. So it's a spiral, right? Yeah. A yeah. death spiral. Um, yeah, so and then your money, to- the problem with long-term care insurance in general, and I think you've mentioned this on the show before, the, the problem that uh, consumers have with it, Dan, and correct, answer this question because you know, you you talk to people don't most people have a problem with long-term care insurance because it it is costly and then you can't get that money back? Like right, the insurance right. company goes under or or decides they're going to raise the rate 98%. Um, you can't, all that money you've paid into this point, you, you know, if you never get, if you never need long-term care, number one, uh, that money isn't in an account where you can, you know, utilize it at any point, right? Well, there is some non-forfeiture clauses in these insurance uh, policies, meaning you don't just lose what you put into it. They'll they'll limit it to what you put in, so you know it's not thrown away. But here's the here's where I think you were going, and really, what what really bothers people about long-term care insurance in particular is it's like auto insurance. If you never are in an accident, you don't get a refund. Right. You don't get your money back. So if you never use your long-term care policy because you're healthy. 
all that money you paid for insurance never gets realized and it doesn't you know you can't pass it on to your kids or right. anything like That's, that that was my point yeah yeah so you feel like you're throwing money away for something that you hope you never use but then again well you got to make sure you understand why you're buying it so it's because you one can't of the, afford a hundred thousand dollars a year for long-term care right for out a of nursing your own home, pocket right, typically right, uh, right right so you need to have that's true insurance you're you're passing the risk on to the insurance company but you pay for that, right? And what's happened is everyone was paying for it, but they were paying peanuts on the real cost. And the insurance companies are now trying to catch up. And I think the idea of, you know, I don't want to pay for something I may never use, that's what's really caused, yes. coupled with these ridiculous price increases, has caused the insu- uh, long-term care insurance industry to basically disappear. I mean, we the amount of long-term care insurance policies that were sold today are a, a fraction of what was sold 10 years ago, 15 years ago. I mean, it's just night and day. So yeah. people aren't buying these things anymore. And so that doesn't help the insurance companies. Too. And plus the insurance companies don't even sell it anymore because they realize, right. oh, man, we screwed that up. I'm not going to touch that again. You know? Right. So we got to wait for them to get it right. But the question remains, what do you do now? Like, what is my client to do? And so what he did is, what I, what all my clients do is they call me up and say, Dan, what do I do with this? Now, I didn't sell him this policy, you know, I don't, so I, it's not like, Hey, you know, Dan, what did you sell me here? Why did I get this? Because, um, he bought this years ago, but my job, because I'm looking out for my clients is I have to go and sit here with him and figure it out. What are we going to do? Sure. Like, well, we got to make a decision here and it's a big decision. So let's go a little bit further. And you know what happened? Um, with Genworth in particular, they, this was not just Florida. There's, there's, I think 20 other States where they had these really large price increases. I think it was like average of like 60% price increases, Florida, 98, you know, that, I mean, that's rough, but, <laughs> that's um, terrible. I don't know how I, you know, I can't sugarcoat it, but it turns out, you know, cliff notes here, spoiler alert, my client is keeping this policy and he's paying full. So, <laughs> he's paying the big, he's taking it. So, um, why, you know, w- w- what's he getting for it? So that's, let's look at it. Um, but Genworth created a website for this. So you can go online and read all your options. They know this is an issue and they talk about it here. And we know that this, they explain why it, it's happening. And then they say, here are your options. And they go into detail on it. They have an entire website dedicated to this issue because it's a big issue, right? Yeah. Talk huge. about PR nightmare, right? So well, they've got to, yeah, they've got to be reeling too because they've got to know that's outrageous and ludicrous. So um, I imagine that they're trying to, you know, they have to try to deal with it or cushion that blow somehow. But uh, but aren't there other? And I, I don't want to get us off track, but as far as paying for long term care in general uh, versus the long term care policies, which you say are now a lot of them are almost non-existent and they don't offer as many. Uh, but there are other options that you can do if you plan ahead uh, to help cover long-term care costs, right? There are strategies using other products where your money isn't all lost. Like, can't you get a long-term care writer on a fixed index annuity that will really help? Yeah, you can. There are other options. Um, so I did that video. If anyone wants to go to YouTube and look for, um, for uh, different ways to pay for long-term care, and I had four different ways to pay for long-term care. And one of them is what you're talking about. That's hybrid insurance. You can add a rider um, to a annuity. You can add 
a rider to a life insurance policy, which is much, which is becoming much more popular. Sure. In fact, I think that's the new long-term care insurance and sol- solution. I think less people are buying the standalone traditional long-term care insurance and they're buying a life insurance policy that will go to their beneficiary if they die, but if they don't die and they need long-term care, they use the death benefit on themselves. I think people like that oh, a yeah. whole lot more. That sounds like a good option. And I know you weren't, that's not the direction you were headed as far as other options. But if why did your client choose the option to go ahead with it and pay the 98% increase rate? Oh, there's a couple of reasons. They He has options. So let me just run through the quick options with them with you, and then I'll I'll tell you why we chose to keep the current coverage. So he's keeping it as is. That's the first option. Okay. Pay the piper. Just pay it up, you know. Keep keep it up, right. So that's what he decided to do. The other options are you can you can decrease uh, you can adjust your coverage so you can lower the amount of benefits you get. So if you lower the amount of benefits you get, the insurance company's going to pay out less when you need it. They're willing to lower the cost for you. So that's one option. Um, you can also reduce the amount of time that you would be covered. So for him, he's got lifetime benefits. You know, normally now you could try and get one of these. They limit you to five years. You know, usually it's like three to five years. So you could say, instead of getting lifetime benefits, I'm going to lower it to five years. I only get paid for five years. And then after that, you don't have any more coverage, right? Um, You can reduce the, I call it waiting period. It's technically called elimination period. And that's the length of time you have to wait before you can actually start using the insurance. So you might become, go into a, a nursing home, but your insurance won't start until 90 days out. So you have to pay for the first 90 days like a deductible, right? Sure. Um, you can lower that to 30 days if you want. You can raise it to 180. So if you say, I'm going to I'm gonna pay the first six months, then the cost for insurance goes down because they realize, okay, we don't have to pay until six months in. You know, the average nursing home stays only, I think, less than three years. So they're trying to figure it out. Hey, if you're going to pay for the first six months, that's less we're going to have to pay out. Right. Um, he, My client has an inflation protection rider, 5% increase. So his benefit is increasing 5% every year, compounding. So that's keeping up with the cost of a nursing home. Because you could say, oh, I'm going to buy a nursing home that'll pay for $100,000 a year right now, but in 30 years, that might be, the nursing home might cost 200000 a year. You know, So you buy the inflation protection. You can l- reduce the inflation from 5% to 3% or 0%, eliminate the inflation rider, that'll lower your cost. But we decided not to do that either with him. And finally, like you mentioned, you know, I put this money in. Can I get that back? They do have non-forfeiture clauses, like a lump sum. What you put in, they say, we'll pay that out. So you put in, so far, since you've owned it, you put in $38,000. We're going to give you a policy. You stop paying now. No more cost to you. But And when you need it, we'll give you, uh, we'll pay for your nursing home up to $38,000 of benefit. So you get that back. Again, though, if you never use it, it's gone, right? Yeah, that's the that's a problem. So those are the options, right? So in my so with my client, here's here's why we decide to keep it. Well, what you want to do is if you're in a situation, also if you're ever going to buy one, you do this cost benefit analysis. How much am I going to pay right now? How how much have I paid so far? What are the price increases going to be? Because you know there's going to be another one, right? They, they didn't get it right the first time. This is I'm, Genworth had a policy increase like four years ago of like 30%, and now it's a 98%. So it's not like they got it right yet. So you're going to expect to increase. So you have to kind of guess as to what, the, what you're going to be paying in the future. 
And then you have to say, when do you think I might need this and how much benefit am I going to get? So you say, here's what I'm putting in. Here's the benefit I'm going to get out. Is it worth keeping? And for my client, since he's got this huge inflation protection, he's got a huge benefit. I mean, his benefit is extremely high, but so is the cost. So, but what happens is he's going to have lifetime benefits. So he figures, you know, I'm, what if I stay for 10 years? What if I have dementia or something like that? where I'm physically healthy, but I'm just not all there and I need someone to help me, that could go on for 10 years or more. So he's done the math and said, this is such a, I, I can't, this benefit is huge. It's worth it to him. Not to mention, Tony, something else, which is very important, which you wouldn't know unless you know the client, is he doesn't have any kids. He doesn't oh, have a spouse. Okay. He has no spouse, no kids. Wow. His mother was my oldest client. She died at age 100 and one. Oh wow. So he was taking care of her. And so she didn't have insurance. He took care of her to the end. Like full on Oh wow. You know, nursing home full on care. She was That's tough. unable to do anything and she had she didn't even know who he was oh. at, the, at the end. So he's seeing that and saying, "Well, who's going to do that for me?" And no one will because he doesn't have so he's going to have to pay someone to do it. So he's like this is this is my long-term care policy. This is my life in the future. Yeah. And he doesn't have enough assets to do it himself. So that's why he's keeping it. Yeah, and I guess that makes sense. You have to look at all those different scenarios and you have to know the person. And, and what you just did right there, Dan, is uh, you made a case for why it's crazy to think that you could use to not have a financial advisor or use a robo-advisor because you have to have somebody uh, with the analytical knowledge in mind and uh, financial expertise and advising people uh, that know you personally, because really these types of choices are huge and it does depend on your situation and your unique challenges and, and you know, thoughts and desires, all these things. Uh, you can't get that through a computer and it's hard to do on your own. So I, I think that just makes sense. I, I mean, that whole story illustrates why it's so crucial. We all have plans in place and we look at all the options. So I'm glad we're going over these options today. And that's just it. Like you can't just look at it in a, in a bubble. You can't just silo this and say, oh, you know, because a lot of financial people that say I'm going to advise you when it comes, oh, what am I going to do about those long term care? I don't know. I'm not an insurance agent. What do I know about that? I'm just investing or, your money in stocks. Right. Or uh, I need new health insurance. What should I do? Oh, just whatever. I don't know. Talk to an insurance agent. And that's okay, but there should be a quarterback. You need someone to coordinate this if you're not really financially astute yourself. So when my client says, hey, you know, what should I do? I'm not going to say, well, go talk to your insurance agent who's probably dead or out of the industry already. Right. I mean, right. let's face it. He bought yeah. it 15 years ago. Yeah. Who, who knows if that guy's have been around? So he comes to me because I'm willing to help him with that. But I know it. I, I have an insurance background. I'm not afraid of insurance. I'm not, you know, I'm not, you know, gun ho about insurance. You know, it's tough to be like when a company's doing something like this, it's kind of like tough to represent them, I'm sure. Yeah, oh, yeah. But I would, I would but imagine. I'm, yeah. I'm willing to look at both sides and say, let's figure this out. For what's in your best interest? And put the financial planning hat on and say, let's figure out what do we want to do? Let's let's look at the big picture. I mean, you can't just ignore it. You can't just say that's not my wheelhouse. Yeah. Uh, you know, bring in an expert, bring in someone, you know, but if you don't have that, at least your advisor should be willing to find one 
or, you know, so I agree with you there. Um, there's no way you can look at this and just say what to do without knowing the client because most people would say 98% increase. See you later. I'm out. Yep. You know, which would have been a bad decision for him. Now, next time he gets a price increase, we'll revisit it because maybe things will change at that point. But you have to keep on top of this stuff. Same thing with these universal life policies. I rant on those. We've done shows on that. Same thing's happening with those. They're blowing up in people's faces because they were poorly designed from the beginning. Just like this long-term care insurance, the poor design on life insurance is due to the agent. The poor design on this long-term care is due to the actuaries at the insurance company. But either way, the client's the one taking the heat and someone needs to advocate for them. So you have to be proactive about it. If you have a long-term care policy, look at it. Don't just wait for that letter to show up. Look at it. Call them up. Know your benefits. Talk to someone. Talk to your financial planner. Get them to help you with it before it becomes a surprise. But I have a feeling a lot of listeners out there, if they've listening to this show and made it this far, they've uh, they've experienced it in some way. Either their friend has, or they're thinking about long term care insurance. Uh, all I can say is look at your options. And you mentioned Tony that hybrid insurance has really become more popular. Yeah, it has. And it's good to know that there are other options out there. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we have to go today, Dan? As I always say, there are a lot of options out there, but don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Just because you have an old policy, um, don't just get rid of it. You know, a lot of insurance agents will come in and say, oh, that's crap. Let's get rid of it. We're going to get you this one. Maybe not. You, This guy's got a policy they don't even make anymore. You know, it's easy to just throw it away and say, get something new, but you can't find this. The benefits are so rich. You got to be careful that you don't get bamboozled into throwing something away. That's good. Just in the, in the, in the name of coming up with something new and better. It's yeah. not always better just because it's new. So keep that in mind. If you're interested in, in talking about your situation, give me a call, go to dolphinfinancialgroup.com. Go online to YouTube and watch the videos I do on this. If you want more info, I talk specifically about long-term care insurance. I talk specifically about imploding life insurance. That's the best way to do it. Otherwise, uh, Tony, you, uh, you thought I was playing a joke on you, but that was real. This was a real letter. <laughs> 98% increase. I'm going to put that on Twitter and um, blast it around, see what the uh, rest of the world thinks of it. Well, boy, I, I know I'd be, uh, they might have to revive me if I'd been sent that letter. <laughs> it's like, get the smelling salts out. Well, Dan, great show today. A good topic is something we need to think about, need to look at these options. If our listeners are out there saying, hey, I, I'd like Dan to look over my insurance policies or see where my situation's at. I know you're offering a complimentary a strategy session or a consultation. How do they get a hold of you? Yeah, I always look at people's old stuff. No problem with it. I kind of enjoy it. Um, and I'll tell you whether or not it's good to keep or not. The best way, just give me a call, 888-508-5935 uh, or go to dolphinfinancialgroup.com. That's 888-508-5935. Thanks for a good show, Tony. All right. Thanks, Dan. And that does it for today's episode of Dolphin Financial Radio with our host, Dan Wendell. Thank you for listening to Dolphin Financial Radio. Don't try to retire without a solid income plan. For more information, please contact Dan Wendell at Dolphin Financial Group. Call 
888-5935 or visit the website at DolphinFinancialGroup.com. Dan Mundell or Dolphin Financial Group are not affiliated or endorsed by Social Security or any government agency. Everything discussed on today's show was for informational purpose only. Since everyone's situation is different, some things may not apply to you. The materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources. We cannot be 100% certain that they are accurate. You should really talk to my dad or someone from Dolphin Financial Group before trying to implement these ideas or strategies.